Marvel fans and welcome to this week's episode of Stand Up and Marvel, your destination for all things MCU. I'm your host Colin Tracy and joining me as always is Mike Tracy. Today is February 15, 2022. In today's episode we are going back and talking about Blade 2. This is a continuation of the Time Heist trilogy that we started last week in honor of Black History Month. If you missed that episode we were talking about Blade 1 uh, so make sure to check it out. It was three episodes ago at this point. Um, and, uh, next week we're going to be finishing up with, uh, Blade Trinity. Uh, so make sure to check it out. It's going to be a good one. And just one announcement today. Uh, there was a new trailer that dropped during the Super Bowl for Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, we did a video on that, uh, posted it on Sunday. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Not going to talk about it at all here. Don't want to give any spoilers away if you want to avoid those. But uh, if you don't care about that, you want to hear our thoughts on it, definitely check it out. It was awesome. So uh, there was also a shorter trailer that dropped for uh, Moon Knight. It's only about 30 seconds. There was a little bit of new uh, content in there that they haven't shown before, but nothing really new story-wise uh, was revealed, no new characters or anything. Um, that's about it. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into our non-spoiler segment. All right, so let's do the non-spoiler now. Uh, so it's just a few things we wanted to talk about. Uh, overall impressions, whether we liked it uh, more or less than the first Blade movie, and uh, just what we thought of the music. Uh, talking about just about anything else would be a spoiler, so we're just going to limit it to those three. Um, so I guess, first of all, uh, Mike, did you like it more or less than Blade 1? This is a difficult question. This is a difficult question. It's easy for I me. Ha- <laughs> I'm sure. I, I had trouble with this because originally I hadn't seen Blade 2 in a while. So I remember enjoying Blade 2 more, but I was younger when I saw it. And I think Blade 2 has, I don't want to say better action sequences, but it, it it's more fun in a sense. But do I think Blade's a better movie, the original? Yes, absolutely. Now that I'm older and I really understand everything and whatnot. um, Yeah, I like the original more because I think that it does more for the development of Blade's character. Nothing really happens for Blade in a sense in Blade 2, not to give away any spoilers. Um, I feel like there just wasn't enough depth in him and a lot of the other characters uh, aside from maybe two people uh you know overall there are iconic scenes just like the first movie and like i said it's arguably more fun than the first um and it had really good ideas uh despite its flaws um and i think it's a good time for what it is uh yeah for me i didn't like it as much as the first one Uh, i think you covered it pretty well um i think uh some some of the reasons that i didn't like it as much um timing of uh music and things like that just didn't hit quite as hard because there were just like some moments in the first blade movie like when he uh first stepped foot into the nightclub and the music changed and you know the tension in the air the atmosphere and everything was just like so epic when that happened and i don't remember any moments like that in blade 2 they just nothing hit quite that hard and there were 
several moments like that in the first Blade movie that, you know, the timing and the music and everything was just done so well. It was just uh, really cool to watch. And while there were some cool parts in Blade 2, it just nothing hit as hard um, as uh, some of those scenes from Blade 1. And um, another one of the major reasons, I think, was uh, the villain in the movie. I didn't like it nearly as much as uh, uh, Deacon Frost. That was his name, right, from Blade 1. Um, I thought he was a much better villain, and I was, just really couldn't get into it at all in the second one. And there were some like cool ideas, like you said, um, in the second one. I just think they weren't really implemented all that well. Like they could, it could have been a lot cooler. It just, uh, this wasn't done as well. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I think that that pretty much covers all all three of the, which uh, is that one question and answer. I think that covers pretty much everything we wanted to talk about in the non-spoiler. Unless there's anything else you wanted to say, Mike. Yeah, just talking about the music, uh, the big comparison between the first and the second. I think the first was was the iconic. Aside from the club scene, you know, we did get a club scene in Blade Two with a little bit of techno music, different. Uh, you know. Blade One's in the 90s, Blade Two's after the turn of the millennia, the new millennia. Maybe that has anything to do with it, I don't know, but the creative decision to not have as much of a music score and have actual songs as the score was, I think, the biggest difference for me in Blade Two. You know, the rapper and actor Most Def uh, made a song for the movie, uh, Eye Against Eye, and that's a pretty cool scene when they're walking up into the club. It's rap, you know, it hits. And the lyrics in the song, too, are relevant to what's happening in the plot of the film. Not to go into spoilers, but if you hear the lyrics, it's what's happening in the movie. And then the scene later on, there's a scene later on, and we get a song from a famous song called Name of the Game from Crystal Method, which if you're into electronic music, Crystal Method, they've been around for a long time and they're really popular. Um, that you know that's kind of the, the times you know then and I would I looking back when I was younger that was something I enjoyed I was like this is awesome but I now I'm older the moments were cool but I I, I I'm with you Colin I, I wish that they focused more on having just an original score like a like a cinematic theatrical score versus having creative minds and rappers and whoever electronic artists DJs make songs or bring in songs to the film but other than that I, I agree the, the music it's much different than the first movie for sure um but yeah i mean overall impressions we, we pretty much covered everything we can without giving any spoilers away so i guess i didn't touch on the music quite as much uh, when i responded but um i i mean i pretty much agree with you and i don't think it's necessarily uh that it that it needs you know original scores uh you know without any uh lyrics or anything so, i mean just look at ragnarok you know um, I don't think any of those songs were original to that movie and it just, it worked so well. Um, but I think the, the main issue I have with the music in Blade 2 is that uh, none of the songs really, for me at least, um, really like improved any of the scenes. Uh, whereas if you look at Blade 1, that's, that's very different. Like the music just really livened up the scenes. I, I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but it just really... Um, improved the scene a lot. Um, just made it so much more exciting and fun to watch. Um, that I just didn't quite get that in Blade 2. I, I could tell that they were trying, it just didn't quite work. 
Yeah, and that's the purpose of the score. It, it's meant to enhance the movie. It's meant to enhance the yeah. scene. So I completely agree I was with you. For, thank you. Oh yeah, no, I, I you you're valid in your points, and I agree. Think of um, like a Christopher Nolan film. Not to be off topic of Marvel, but his the like the you know the Hans Zimmer score he uses, and you know you see his movies, you get that feel. And, and, and he really makes music's everything to me. And, and I agree, it really has to serve the scene and enhance the scene. So we're, uh, we're on the same page. How did that song go again? <laughs> like, you know, like Inception and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, all, all uh, of them. I just, I just want to hear that again. Yeah. You know exactly. <laughs> I, know, what I know what about. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's infamous. But, but all, the, I mean, think about the Nolan scenes that like the music and it's so intense. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, think absolutely. about Inception. Like, oh my gosh like it it's unbelievable uh, but yeah sure. it, that yeah. It, that with that point said no, you know totally it, agree it really has to enhance the scene and and you know they had they had good ideas and 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 i think this is why it's more fun to me because it's just it's not really serious when it should be it's not it's it's you know and i think the music plays into that as well so okay cool uh well i guess that wraps up the non-spoiler uh so if you want to avoid spoilers go away <laughs> and uh, hopefully join us next time um but you know seeing the movie want to hear our thoughts continue on we'll be right back all right thanks for sticking around for those of you who decided to continue on past the non-spoiler segment all right so we're not going to go scene by scene uh like we often do um so let's just start with uh mike what was your favorite who was your favorite character in the movie so i i'm gonna clarify has to be a new character and uh obviously not blade it's too easy <laughs> i wasn't gonna go for that i <laughs> uh reinhardt because i love ron perlman i mean when you say it was novak not a strong villain i I thought Reinhardt was a better villain than the actual main villain of the story to me. Hey, like it, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, I love Ron Perlman and, you know, he works with Guillermo del Toro and Guillermo del Toro is the one who directed this one. And this is, you know, I I'd say Guillermo del Toro's made much better movies post this one. Uh, but everyone knows, uh, I mean, most of our listeners probably know that they're familiar with Hellboy, him and, Ron Perlman and Guillermo worked on Hellboy. Both those movies are incredible, in my opinion. I, I love those movies. Wish they'd make a third one, but probably won't happen. Uh, but yeah, Reinhardt as Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman as Reinhardt because I love the banter back and forth between him and Blade the whole movie. It's just, it, it's great. And maybe that's why it, the main villain gets kind of disserviced because the, our attention in the audience is, is, is really focusing on you know their relationship because it's funny you know that that's a lot of the comedic parts in the movie to me is between blade and reinhardt so my vote goes to reinhardt because he is a, definitely a standout character of that film every time i see it yeah definitely a solid choice uh he was my number two um for me it was scud <laughs> nice norman reedus yes yeah yeah love norman Not reedus honestly before walking dead i didn't really know who he was, but I'm such a big fan of Walking Dead. Um, and I, I completely forgot he was in this movie. And I just, when I saw him, I, just, I was just so excited. And I loved I his character. And I was a little sad 
that he turned traitor at the end, but that was only like a minute. <laughs> so he oh, yeah. was, you know, a good guy by all appearances um, up until the end. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I just, I'm, it's going to, I'm going to forget it. Thank you. Uh, have you ever seen Boondock Saints? Yes. Yeah, Love so Boondock Saints. me too. Uh, cult classic. I think that I'm pretty sure I might be getting the timeline off. I think that movie came out before it came out before Blade 2, right? Let me look at it real quick. Because um, that's the first time I saw him. I probably shouldn't have saw that movie. Okay, as early as I did. Yes. So I, I, for the first time when I watched the movie uh, Blade 2 recently, for the first time I noticed that they actually do a nod to Boondock Saints with Norman Reedus when he comes out of the van with the two pistols. He does the same kind of like movement and same kind of thing. I, I feel like that was kind of a nod to, to Boondock Saints because it was a couple of years prior. And I think Boondock Saints is what really put him, put him, uh, you know, Hollywood to kind of look at him and be like, he, he's, he's cool. Because, uh, you know, then Blade Two, and he was in small roles since then. And now Walking Dead, uh, he works with Hideo Kojima. So he, he was in the most recent uh, Kojima game called Death Stranding. He's the main character in that. He's phenomenal in that game. So he did full mocap and everything. There's also, not to shift away, but also still focus on Marvel. There's rumors, nothing's confirmed yet, so we haven't made an announcement. There's rumors that Marvel has been talking with him to be Ghost Rider. Yeah, me too. So safe to say that we love Norman Reedus here, at, here on this podcast. Um, so continuing where I left off there. Uh, yeah, so I loved him like all the way through. I loved his personality and just, uh, you know, his uh, um, chemistry with Blade and Whistler and even some of the vampires in certain moments. Um, so I was a little sad that he was traitor, but he did so much for the movie up to that point. And, uh, you know, he developed a lot of cool stuff, um, a lot of cool gadgets for Blade. And that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> so. Yeah. So you really like the characters that serve Blade well in the films, like that really, you know, make him, make him, uh, they make gadgets. They make, you know, in the first movie, Karen made the, uh, the serum, you know? Um, so you really enjoy the characters that bounce off of Blade and like really, you know, I mean, enhance him, right? Maybe that's, I guess that would be more of a coincidence. That's not really my, uh, part of my criteria. <laughs> I okay, just, so you, I don't, I didn't really like many of the other characters, to be honest, like the main villain and the uh, vampire overlord and most of the, uh, uh, what are they called? The blood pack. Blood pack. Um, yeah. There just weren't really very many other characters that I liked, frankly. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Reinhardt and uh, I definitely agree. Reinhardt was my number two, and then Scud. Yeah, so like Stud, but you know, Scud. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll go on to the next topic. Funniest moment in the movie. Um, I'll uh, I'll go first with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Go first. Honestly, I had a hard time picking. I'm still not totally sure. Um, so in the beginning of the movie, uh, Blade takes a vampire and uses him as a uh, shield when he's uh, um, when he infiltrates another vampire lair, and uh, 
he kills like all the other vampires there easily and like while he's killing them he's just like you know punching and kicking this vampire that he's been using as a shield just to keep him in check um just you know that whole sequence is pretty funny but later on uh so at the end of that scene he he chooses not to kill that guy i don't even remember what his name was and then he just says see you later um just lets him go and then uh when uh blade teams up with the blood pack um he uh, goes to a nightclub with them and then shortly after he gets in there you see the uh uh vampire shield i i'm just gonna call him vampire shield because i don't remember his name or he kind of looks like a pimp i guess um but anyway he sees him uh, uh the vampire shield sees blade and like just you know he looks scared and starts walking away and just like you know hurries off into the distance and then Blade isn't even looking at him, but you can tell he sees him out of the corner of his eyes because he just gets a, a big smile on his face. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just really funny. And then there's another part. Well, I mean, continuing the Vampire Shield story, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at the end of the movie, I was I was trying to just go with a moment there. The rest of that was just for uh, just to explain well, it. But yeah, I'll, I'll continue. So it's then, all one uh, running joke. It's all run sure, running sure, sure. running joke, just like the yeah. first movie with the one guy that kept you know getting his hands chopped off and whatnot. It was a similar yeah, yeah. vibe. Sure, for sure, yeah. Um, all right, so then uh, you don't see that vampire shield again for a long time. And then uh, the movie is basically ending. They're about to go into the end credits and then you see him again um, just by himself and he's going into, I don't know what you would call, what you would call that area. Private show, that's what we'll call it. And then uh, as soon as the uh, curtain pulls back, he sees Blade and then I actually wrote it down here. <laughs> I love it. That's such a good part. I know what he uh, says. Yeah. yeah, it says. Uh, let's see. Oh, you didn't. You didn't think I forgot about you, did you? And then he immediately <laughs> like stabs through the glass with his sword and just <laughs> impales him in the head. I love him. that last shot where it just goes straight into his head and then it just cuts and then they do the yep. most step song again. Yeah, uh, yep. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, it was. Just, it, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's fun. Like it's more like the first movie is more serious for sure. Yeah. This movie is yep. definitely more fun, but that is for better or worse. Honestly, it, it, it does come at a cost with the film, you know. So right, that's a perfect so, example. Yeah, absolutely. So, what was your uh, funniest moment? So doubling back to Reinhardt, uh, I love the scene when he first meets the blood pack because I that's one of my favorite ideas of that whole film that he the vampires are seeking him out for help because of the you know the Reaper strain, right? But they need to contain and he has to go in a lot be a, a, an alliance with the blood pack, who was a group of people, a group of vampires, whatever that were training to kill him for two years prior to this happening. So they spent their past two years doing everything they could to kill him. And now they have to work with him and he's their leader. Like that is hilarious. I think that is so funny. And they really own it in that scene because he introduces himself to them. And then Reinhardt, of course, comes up and he's like, oh yeah. And he like says this snide comment. And then Blade's like, oh yeah. And he takes out his steak. He starts flipping it around in front of him like really fast. He just hits him with it and starts flipping it around. He's like, watch this. And just starts doing it and then hits him again. And like, it's just so intimidating and embarrassing. Not for hitting Reinhardt. a steak though. He's like slapping him. <laughs> Is that, yeah, he slaps him too. Like yeah, it's so fast. Just it just happens so fast. And it's so embarrassing. And it, it he Blade just makes it a point. Like I own you. You don't own me. 
let's not get this twisted and literally quite literally he he places a remote bomb on the back of his head right after and he's like you do anything i got the trigger right here and i just love i love that part he like ron perman's face and how he delivers it like he just goes slow and he just feels the back of his head he's just so pissed and i i love that scene i think it's so cocky and awesome for blade and it's just so funny like yeah i love that scene i think it's so funny uh and it's just a great moment with wesley snipes as blade because i feel like there were more wesley snipes cool blade moments in the uh first movie than there was in the second movie again that's i feel like they didn't really serve the character of blade well uh in the second movie aside from just him doing really cool stuff and have a couple funny moments uh but yeah that's that's the funniest funniest moment for me there were there were a couple others uh honorable mentions i guess um blade meets the uh the vampire overlord uh eli whatever his name is and um he's got his like uh human uh follower or whatever and blade says to him you're human and then he responds barely i'm a lawyer yeah love it that was good classic lawyer joke um the writing was good like the writing was good in the film yeah i i think the writing just I don't know if it was Guillermo or what, like the writing kind of just didn't flow with the directing style of the film that I think that's kind of what was happening. Cause I, I enjoy the writing. I do. There were, you know, a lot of the moments we're saying is because of the writing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, a big part of it was just like lack of chemistry. Yeah. I harp on that a lot. And it just, I don't know. I, I felt like that was a big problem with this movie too. There was chemistry mm-hmm. with some of the characters, but there were so many of them, like the blood pack and then blade whistler and Scud. So that was like what 10 people and they were together a lot and there was only chemistry between like three of the characters so it just wasn't quite enough to carry it <clears throat> um and then also uh when they're in the nightclub uh reinhardt starts uh targeting blade with a gun with a, <laughs> like a laser pointer on it and he says i could just do it right now i could just end it and then uh, one of the other blood pack guys next to him, I'm trying to remember his name. I think it was Priest, or not Priest. It wasn't the Priest. Other, the other one, the, the bigger guy. The, um, Chupa? The guy, yeah, Chupa. They got the machine Chupa. gun. Yeah. Then Chupa like, gives him a nudge and he's like, hey, he's got you. And then you then you look down, you see another laser pointing to Reinhardt's stomach. And then uh, you see Blade just like with his arms crossed and he's got a gun just under his arms, just like completely hidden there. Just looking at him, just side eyeing him, just fully aware of everything that's going on around him. So you can't get can't get one over on him. It's classic blade. I love um, that scene too. I agree. Yeah, solid. All right. So now, uh, most disturbing moment or scene in the movie. For me, this uh, this movie was not nearly as uh, disturbing as the first one. There weren't nearly as many moments that were just like kind of gut wrenching and just like made you want to leave the room. <laughs> um, so I had a little bit of trouble finding a scene here, but uh, you can go first. What was your, uh, what was your moment? Yeah, uh, this might be an obvious one. When they were performing the autopsy on one of the Reapers that they captured or that he got locked or stuck in the thing, whatever, they ended up taking him in and performing an autopsy on in the chest cavity and they took the plate off and they checked the bone and, and then she cut her wrist and put blood into the little I don't even know what to call it it was just gross it was super gross to me yeah Yeah. it was that 
I'm not into all that stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a surgeon for a reason. That just grosses me out. So, uh, but Hey, that's a testament to the practical work there. You know, that wasn't CGI. That was all real. That was all mechanics. And, um, you know, when the thing was like, like thrusting and they put the water, the blood in it, that's why it creeped me out. But, and they did a really good job of that. But, you know, I'm with you, you know, it's Guillermo del Toro. I'm surprised that there weren't more of those moments, like more, you know, uh, grimy, monster, intense uh, themes throughout the film. You're right. I, I, now that I've seen both of them back to back now and not have a gap in between them or I'm older and different perspective, I agree. Yeah, there's more grotesque, disturbing scenes in the first movie and that was that didn't carry over the second time a big part of that was the uh method of killing um because he had the vampire exploding method in the first one which never happened in number two and uh the main method of killing in number two was uh uv light and there was no like slow killing with uv light like that one scene in blade one um (laughs) so yeah just very different style. Um, so for me, there were two. Uh, I honestly forgot about the one that you mentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so when they come into the nightclub and they're walking around, they're just like seeing all the vampire activity that's going around, going on. Um, you see them just like casually feeding on humans. And uh, there's this one chick that has her back like opened up and it, it seems like she's getting like a tattoo under her skin or something. And that was just a little gross <laughs> yeah. to me. Um, but again, there, it, that wasn't even that bad, but there wasn't really much to compare to aside from the scene that you mentioned. Uh, and then the other one, this was also pretty small. Uh, when they capture Blade um, and they put him on the table to uh, get all the blood, because they're like trying to figure out um, how to make Daywalkers themselves, because that was like the whole reason that the Reapers came about. Um, Not going to go too much into summarizing the movie. We're kind of assuming people uh, listening to this have already seen the movie. So, Um, but yeah, so they put him on the table. They want to get all the blood from him, all the like bone marrow, like everything that makes blade blade they want to they want to get it and study it and figure out how to make daywalkers so um the method that they use they put them on the table and there's these like giant spikes that just shoot through his arms and legs and it's just like uh i honestly forgot about that and i was a little grossed out when i saw it <laughs> so those yeah, the makeup my... the makeup work was awesome i agree that that was definitely another uh gross scene for sure um yeah I can't really think of anything more. I think we 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 got probably the the grossest parts of the movie, aside from like some vampire killing, like vampire killing other people. Um, those just that some of that just looked cool. You know, I like I like the opening scene when Novak bites the uh, he's at a blood bank and he bites the woman and the blood just shoots up on the wall. Like it was just it's just a different style all around. You really you really hit the nail on the head when you said that earlier all around compared to the first movie and even compared to the third movie it's completely different style all around so so i think we already talked about this uh mostly when we were giving our general uh opinion of the movie uh what things did you not like about the movie do you want to go first sure uh so 
this is just repeating what I already said before, uh, the timing of the music. Uh, yeah, it just, it just wasn't quite up to uh, par with the first movie. Because like I said before, uh, the music at the start of some of the action scenes in the first movie, it was just the timing of it was just so perfect. And it just really got you into the, uh, um, really got you into the, the mood, I guess, really got the excitement going and just really enhanced the scene. And it just didn't work here. Um, and also the villain. I just didn't like the main villain nearly as much as the first one. Um, so yeah, those were the main things I didn't like about it. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and again, on the note of the villain, they, they kind of made you sympathize with the villain too in the story. You know, he, he almost, you know, kind of was working with Blade in a way, not deliberately, but they were kind of on the same page at one point. And then they fought each other at the end, obviously. But yeah, you know, they, he wasn't like a, I feel like a fully fleshed out villain. Like he's a real villain. Like he, he, you sympathize with him, not to really give a lot away of the story. I mean, yeah, we're, we're in the spoiler part, but that's why I feel it just, it didn't hit as hard, you know? And again, that's where I go back to Reinhardt. Like he was a villain to me. Like he was an a-hole. Like he, he was yeah, no, definitely sure. like brushing heads with Blade. I mean, he even set up Blade when they're in the sewers, when they're shooting, the, when they're going to blast the, the machine out, he like rigged it so that when Blade tried to go switch it on, he couldn't. So he was getting overrun by all the Reapers. And that was a cool scene too. I love when he's just shooting all of them really fast with his pistols. I but I agree. Bomb trigger is stuck. Yeah, yeah. The timing I, of that, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and that's so what I. Now that you mentioned it, that's another thing I didn't like. Like, I didn't even understand why they were fighting at the end. Like, I didn't get it because right. his his whole motive, the main villain, uh, what was his name? It was uh, Novak. Yeah, I forget his first name, but yeah, it's something Jared Jared Novak. Um, so he, his, his whole motive was that he wanted revenge because um, his uh, quote-unquote father basically created him in a test tube and uh, was trying to, um, trying to create a daywalker and failed. So he got some of the stuff right. They're immune to silver. They're immune to um, garlic, um, but they're not immune to sunlight. And um, yeah. Then uh, yeah, so his whole motive was to get revenge on his father because he wasn't happy, I guess, that he was alive. I, I didn't fully understand that. Although at the end, he said, um, you know, it's weird. I don't feel any more pain or something. So I guess he was just in pain all the time. So I guess, I, I suppose that's the motive there. Um, yeah. And they did describe them earlier, uh, like, that breed of vampire, the Reapers, they're basically like coke addicts um, because they just like have a very, very strong, like impossible to resist urge to feed. So it's much stronger than typical vampires. So um, I guess whenever they're not doing that, it's basically like going through withdrawal, which, you know, I've heard is horrible. So <laughs> I guess that's probably his motive, but it's not really fully explained in the movie, I don't think rehashing what I said before I feel no one is really fully fleshed out including Novak it's definitely some inconsistency there not inconsistency but yeah just you know to really bring us in as an audience um but yeah uh what I didn't like about the film um I wish we had more of uh her name was Nisa 
Nisa so, and Blade. Uh, I wanted more of their relationship. You know, there's some tension. He was into her. She was into him. They didn't really explore that. You know, uh, I was, there could have been a romantic scene between them. Uh, you know, I guess the ending is kind of romantic in a sense. Uh, so I wanted more of that. You know, I'm down with Blade having a love, you know, a, 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 another interest, you know, someone, something going on in his life because he's a human too. He's not just a vampire. So I love that human side of Blade as well. Uh, and I love the idea that he's not just cold heart and just all he wants to do is kill all the time and kill vampires. You know, it's, there's more to him than that. They didn't explore it. They kind of just made us have a vi visualize of it and through body language and everything. We're like, oh yeah, they're kind of into each other, but they don't go fully into it. Um, yeah, based on what I said they, before. They shared um, a romantic sunrise together and then she immediately died. <laughs> exactly, right. And, um, you know, this movie's 20 years old. Crazy to think already, uh, you know, we're getting old. The CGI was, it, it was okay for the time, but compared to Blade 2 even, maybe this is just me and watching these movies back to back, but I felt the like CGI is almost a little bit more distracting in Blade 2 than some of the moments where, you know, the zombies get really, or the, or the vampire explodes into the bubble. And because I don't know, the, the CGI moments were in Blade 2 were meant to enhance the action. So I feel like that took away from some really cool practical choreography that could have happened. So I think the best, the best of it is the scene with the vampires in the beginning when they infiltrate his compound for the first time with Scud and uh, Whistler. They sneak in like ninjas and they have a really cool fight sequence with the swords and everything. And that was a that was a mix of CGI and practical, but I think that was done well. And I didn't like I didn't like it later on in the movie when he was fighting Novak. This looked kind of cheesy. Um, so there's a couple moments where they they brought in CG. You know, this is the turn of the millennia, and they're trying it out in films, especially a film as big as Blade. You know, we were looking at the budget earlier; it's 55 million, which back then was you know a lot, but now you know TV shows are pumping that out. Uh, but yeah, you know it. it it was what it was for the time, but I feel like creatively it kind of distracted from some of the action uh, of it. Again, in the sewers, they mixed a lot of CG with the uh, ultraviolet blasts from the bomb. And it wasn't satisfying, you know, when you saw all of them explode and everything, it wasn't satisfying. There's was one moment that stood out to me when I watched it again, uh, Blades like, get ready or something or get out of here and like he like I forgot exactly what he did but he like threw things down in the water and like he waited for all of them to come around him and then they like blew up and it, it, I was waiting for something more epic and it wasn't really epic they just kind of all like exploded behind him and it just didn't it was too bright and it just it just didn't look good at all um so what he said there was you obviously do not know who you are messing with except he didn't say messing yeah 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 <laughs> exactly yeah you're right that that is yeah. the scene uh i was actually gonna say about. it later that's one of my favorite lines but oh it's but great yeah, yeah it's i agree great. It's, but uh, it would have been so quite cool as epic as it could have been exactly yeah like it would have been cool if i don't know they like jumped at him and he like spun around in a 360 with his sword and like right. sliced them or something and then they exploded i don't know i'm not the director but yeah it i i feel like there were some low moments when it when it could have been really exciting and really cool um, but that's it. I mean, I, I, I feel like we really 
you know, covered what, what we didn't like and we, we rehashed what we said before, you know. Um, yeah. I think you nailed it with the CGI. Um, I didn't even, it didn't really even occur to me until you said it, but it really was pretty distracting a lot more than in Blade 1. So I, I totally agree. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so <laughs> back to a more positive oh, yeah. subject. Uh, favorite, one yeah, <laughs> favorite one-liner in the movie. So I just mentioned one of my favorites. Um, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, so what's one of yours? Uh, honestly, it's not so much a one-liner because I mean it is, but and I'm sorry because I know you like Scud, but I love the scenes in Blade Two. The standout scenes are the scenes that somewhat serve his character, right? In the scenes when he gets the, we know he has the one up on the vampires, but they don't make it apparent to the audience. They wait for the moments to let us know that he's always had the leg up. He's always been thinking ahead of, of everyone else. So it's in the scene when he's captured and they're next to the big bloodbath and they're in the vampire facility and Scud's like doing his moment. He's like, I got you. I go, ha, ha. And uh, you know, Reinhardt's all cocky and he's like, yeah, you're, you're dead, Blade. And Blade's like, uh, one, I've been on to you since the beginning, whatever, two, it's not a dud. <laughs> it's just, and then he goes, and Norius looks down, he just goes, oh, just blows up. Like I I love I love that scene so much. Like it's so cool. And again, like I said, it just serves Blade so well. Like Blade's not the weak one here. They're the weak ones. Let's not forget that. Uh, that, was, that was definitely a candidate for me. All right. Favorite fight scene. Uh I'll go first, I guess. Um mm -hmm. So you actually mentioned this when you were talking about the CGI, uh, when the uh, blood pack, uh, the two members, Nissa and Assad, uh, when they were in full ninja gear and uh, approaching Blade, not to kill him, but more to like test him, I guess. I don't think they really fully explained it, but yeah. So they were just kind of testing him, even though they never told him that. Um, and yeah, just that whole scene. I really like the choreography, the sword fighting and everything. And yeah, it was just a really well done scene, I thought. Uh, back to the the scene you just mentioned with, uh, or before, uh, when we were talking about the bloodbath scene, uh, that was awesome. I don't even think they used any CGI in that scene. That was full, you know, choreograph. Uh, he grabs the baton from one of the security guys and just starts wailing on him and, and he does some cool martial arts wrestling moves, like picks him up and slams him straight into the glass, like drops him down. Uh, I love that scene. Uh, but yeah, I really like the vampires one, the vampire one too, with the sword play and all that in the beginning. I, I think those, to me, those are the two real standout choreography fight scenes in the film. Um, yeah, I agree. That was definitely a great one. Um, I like that neither of us mentioned the uh, the final fight, <laughs> the one that was supposed to be the best fight scene. It just it just didn't work. Um, all right, favorite gadget. To me, this is a hard one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really liked the uh, blade that Scud made for him that auto replenished when he like it just the cartridge refilled. That was really cool. Having like hand blades uh, on his wrists. That's something that I would 
like to see in the future for the new blade uh, in the MCU, not the same exact concept, but something that he can attach to his wrist that just automatically refills. Uh, that was cool. That was a cool concept, cool idea. Uh, I wish it was kind of executed better, um, but it was a cool idea. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was dope. What about you? Uh, so to me, I felt like, um, and I guess this is one of the things I didn't like about the movie. They didn't have nearly as many gadgets in this movie as they did in the first Blade, uh, which is pretty disappointing because, you know, it's a big part of his character. Um, I, I guess I would have to go with the UV light bomb. Uh, not so much like how it looked uh, with CGI, more just the idea of it. It was pretty cool. And they had a whole scene like talking about how it was, uh, you know, something that had been tried before and they've never been able to actually pull it off. So it was actually a challenge. And they went into it a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really love them. I honestly kind of forgot about the auto refilling uh, sword. Um, the cartridges are the wrists, the wrist blades. The wrist blades, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, not. Uh, not a big uh, subject because, uh, like I said, they didn't have nearly as many as the first movie. Um, all right. So, favorite Easter egg. Did you find any? Well, I'll mention one. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't find any, man. I'll mention one. I actually have two, but they're both kind of cheating. Um, <laughs> So first one I'm stealing from you. They uh they reference Boondock Saints. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then, cool okay. I, I would see when I'm thinking Easter eggs now in my mind because I'm so trained with yeah. the MC, the current it has MCU. Has to be something Marvel related. Yeah, in my mind, and you're right. I pretty much have answered my own <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the I'm other one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that was really yours. Stole it. Um, the other one, uh, they didn't actually show it anywhere in the movie. I just read about it that they were supposed, or actually, was this Blade One, um, that they were supposed to have a Stanley cameo and they recorded it and they ended up dropping it, just not including it. I think that was actually Blade One, though. So, um, yeah, so really not very many Easter eggs, at least not that we noticed. Uh, there was apparently the uh, Boondock Saints one. Um, haven't tried Googling it. Maybe there's more. Well, stud. I feel like, okay, so Scud eats Krispy Kreme donuts. And if we're not talking about Marvel-related uh, items, so he eats Krispy Kreme donuts and he watches Powerpuff Girls. If you remember Powerpuff Girls from the, back, from the past, I, I have a sister, so she was into it. And uh, that was kind of the age that we were growing up. Uh, so he was watching he was watching the Powerpuff Girls cartoon. He kept watching it. There's like two, three scenes when he's, he's sitting there uh, smoking and watching Powerpuff Girls eat Krispy Kreme. So he's just an interesting character all around, honestly. Um, and actually one that I I think is another Boondock Saints reference. Mm. Um, at the end when he kills his uh, vampire shield guy mm -hmm. uh, and he kills him at the uh, the private show or whatever. Isn't that one of the, I'm, I'm almost positive that's one of the areas that the Boondock Saints appear at and start gunning everybody down. Similar, yes. It, it, it's a private show setting. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I feel I feel like that was another Boondock Saints reference. Maybe not, but um, given that there was one already in the movie, it would make sense for there to be another. So okay, I guess there were more than we thought. 
but <laughs> nothing Marvel related. Um, okay, so favorite moment or scene in the movie? I think yeah. we probably already talked about him, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say that you know the scene when he comes out of the bloodbath when he goes Super Saiyan mode, it was just as awesome to me as it was in the first film. Uh, I love the name of the game song, uh, Crystal Method. That song was really popular at that time too. And just the, like, it's just the song. It's so cool. And it's just so fun. Uh, yeah. You know, it might not go with it and might not make it more intense, but it definitely makes it fun for sure. Uh, I love that scene. It, it, the action in that is awesome. Leslie Snipes is just popping off in that scene. And it really just shows his physical ability aside from him you know in the earlier parts of the film using sword and using whatever you know uv light and his a little bit of his gadgets uh he was using his brawn in this scene his full physical force and it was incredible he went through like i don't know like 10 guys 12 guys or something like that and then yeah, about yeah just about so that's an iconic scene for me uh back then and even seeing it again recently so it's just it's an iconic scene for me um so i'll pick three moments here we've already talked about all of them um but the moment that he slices reinhardt in half uh it's just a really cool moment and uh shortly before that in the scene that you mentioned i guess there that's also from the scene but uh when he does um i, I tried to look up the name of this wrestling move the delayed vertical suplex <laughs> <laughs> to the, uh, was. To the yeah. guard it was just completely unnecessary <laughs> but it was awesome <laughs> just yeah. shatters the glass <laughs> it was awesome um and yeah that guard is complete uh clearly human because it would not do anything to a vampire mm -hmm. um yeah. but yeah i love that he's just like looking at reinhardt as he's like holding the guard up completely vertically um and just does the suplex to him it's pretty funny um and uh, then the third one, I uh, talked about this before, just that whole sequence of him uh, slapping Reinhardt around and just taunting him and trying to get Reinhardt to attack him, just making fun of him in front of everybody, embarrassing him. Um, then Reinhardt looks at his boss, he's like, don't look at her, look at me. And it's like, come on, kill me. And he's like, egging him on, egging him on. And then you just, you know, puts him into uh, what, like a policeman's hold or whatever, and then sticks a, uh, sticks a remote bomb on the back of his head. It's, uh, such a good sequence. <laughs> So good. Uh, but yeah, pretty much already talked about all those, but yeah, great moments. Um, all right. So the last uh, topic that I had here, uh, any unanswered questions in the movie? Um, I, I only had one here. Uh, I feel like they answered pretty much everything. I'm sure there's some that I missed, but the only one that I really caught uh, was that they never really explained what happened to Karen from Blade One. I thought there would just be a mention of it at some point, just being like, oh, you know, it's tragic. She was killed by a vampire, whatever, but no mention of it at all that I could find at least. Um, so we don't know what happened to her. She was okay at the end of Blade One, but no idea where she is now. Uh, I agree. I, I think that was really odd because that happens in a lot of movies. Even if you don't see a person, they at least mention it you know, uh, what happened to her, kind of put a cap on it for the audience. Uh, maybe you can answer this question for me. The Reaper strain. 
was this something that was always created or was this something that was created after blade one obviously um because i couldn't really tell the timing of it it felt like it was something that's always been known within the vampire you know community in a sense like the secret 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 part of the vampire community it's all secret but um so i was a little confused by that uh because i feel like that was something that should have been at least referenced or mentioned in the first blade film i mean obviously there's a lot going on in the first blade film that they might have even have known what they were going to do in the second but i feel like that was it was a very important thing and i we're going to go and visit blade trinity but i i Pretty sure I remember someone, a Reaper, the same the Reaper showing up in Blade Trinity. So I I don't know, the whole Reaper thing kind of threw me off a little bit of its significance and where it when it actually started, you know? And we're perfectly clear on the timing. The only thing that I think is clear is that they didn't start working on developing the uh the Reaper serum until after blade started hunting vampires like after they learned that there was such a thing as a daywalker they started trying to replicate it so it was sometime after you know blade became capable of killing vampires so you know late teens early 20s probably um but yeah they never really say like how long it took to develop but uh they lie about it early in the movie saying that it's just it was just kind of like a fluke that um, uh, Jared Nomack became uh, a Reaper, but then they later explained that it was all a lie, that they were trying to uh, genetically create Daywalkers themselves. And uh, Nomack was their first attempt at it and it failed. So, um, so we know that they were trying to replicate Blade, uh, but they never really say how long they were working on it. Yeah, they, they go heavy heavier into the virus aspect of, of the vampirism even more so I think than the first movie as well. Um, and I don't remember if uh, Reapers show up in Blade Trinity, but it wouldn't surprise me that much just because um, near the end, after that fight scene with uh, Blade and Reinhardt, um, we see Whistler shooting all of those uh, like test tubes with the baby uh, Reapers or whatever, and he clearly does not kill all of them and there's no like explosion that goes along with it or anything so you know either he killed them off screen or there's still a good amount of them left he was he was not even remotely thorough <laughs> with his uh uh his baby killing <laughs> so yeah yeah anyway so um that's pretty much all that i wanted to talk about you got anything else yeah, I have one uh, trivia fact that I pulled from marvelfandom.com uh, slash wiki slash blade two. Uh, so originally the villain of the film was rumored to have been Morbius, the living vampire, one of the characters that frequents in Spider-Man. We're going to get a Morbius film here in a few months. Uh, but Marvel flat out told David Escoro, the writer of Blade two, he couldn't use the character. So wah, wah, we got Novak instead. Uh, that would have been awesome. You know, Marvel was obviously much different back then. And I looked at, I looked up the details on Blade 2 and Blade 2 is actually distributed by Warner Brothers. But the production company was Marvel Enterprises at the time. So it makes sense. I get it. Uh, it's a different time. 
but if we were, you know, this gives me hope now for uh, the, the what's to come in the future, you know, yeah. uh, we're getting Morbius and we're getting Blade. Uh, yes, Morbius, up for debate where, what university he's in, what, what's going to happen with that. We're going to have to wait and find out. Um, but I felt that was a fun uh, little trivia fact to share. Um, and you mentioned another one to me earlier about the budget. For yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it earlier in the episode. Yeah, it was 55 million. Yeah. Okay. 55 million. Thought that was off camera. <laughs> no. no. Both. Both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's that's all we got, I guess, uh, for Blade 2. So overall, um, you know, pretty good movie. Not as good as the first one, but you know, it's Blade. Um, there were a lot of really cool fights and stuff, uh, a lot of really good moments. Um, so still recommend watching it, but it's just, uh, I don't know, at least I think Mike and I both agree it's not as good as the first one. Um, but yeah, with that, we'll uh, head into the outro. Thank you so much for joining us. We love Marvel, so we could do this all day. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to drop us a like, rate us, and hit that notification bell, depending on where you found us. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We post regularly, so make sure to give us a follow. It really helps out the channel a lot. Uh, also, we have a lot of subscriber-only content coming, uh, so please consider to throw us a subscription on Patreon. Links for everything are in the channel description. And uh, make sure to join us next time. We're going to be continuing our ranking of every MCU movie. Uh, this time we'll be going through our rank 11 to 20 movies. So we'll be up to our top 10 the week after that. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you 3000 and we hope you're all staying safe out there. Take care.